Amen. Because of their disobedience, the children of Israel found themselves at the prospect of being led into the promised land by an angel rather than God's presence. And we're going to read, pick up our reading from when God has a conversation, or Moses has a conversation with God about this. And in verse 9, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he, speaking of Moses, turned again into the camp. And his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people." And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If your presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Amen. I've entitled my thoughts this morning, The Preference of His Presence. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that we can be in your house this morning. We know that you are here, O God. We feel your presence. I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay. Bring revelation to your people, I ask, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. Each one of us has a as people have preference to others in our lives. There are probably women here today who would prefer to take their best friend shopping with them rather than their credit card guarding husband. There are probably men who prefer to go to a football game with their male buddies rather than they have no idea what's going on and who's a winning question asking girlfriend every five seconds. It is a preference of presence. From our reading this morning, we know that the Lord had given Moses a wonderful description of what Canaan was going to be like, a land flowing with milk and honey. And God said he would drive out all the Ike people that occupied the territories, that the land would be their possession. Yet all this was not enough to sway Moses into making the journey there if God's presence didn't go with them. In fact, in reiterating what Moses said to God, it was basically, I don't want to move from here, wherever we are right now, if you are not coming. Even though where they were at that time was in the midst of a wilderness. There were no vineyards growing. There were no McDonald's down the road. They were in a wilderness. Yet God's presence was his preference. Moses desired God's presence over God's presence. I want us to explore three possible reasons for that this morning. 
Firstly, Moses had experienced speaking to God as a man does with his friend. As far as he was concerned, there was no milk, no honey or land beautiful enough that could surpass being in God's presence. And it is the same with you and I today. Once we have experienced the presence of God for ourselves, there is nothing that will compare to the joy, the peace and the fulfillment that comes from being in his presence. In his presence, the Bible says, is fullness of joy. You cannot get more full than being full. Amen. There is no room for anything else. Hallelujah. There is no love, no money, no fame, no experience that ever can compare to what it is like to experience when we find ourselves in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Even if we walk away from the Lord, once we have tasted of God's presence, there is nothing in this earthly life that can satisfy us like the presence of God can. Amen. King David said it like this. He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that is what I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. In David's day, the house of the Lord was where a person found the presence of God. Here David is saying, my preference is his presence. His presence over my royal garments, my crown, my palaces, my riches, everything that I have, the one thing that I desire, and the one thing that I will pursue is the presence of God. And secondly, God's presence distinguished the children of Israel from every other people on the face of the earth. Prior to leaving Egypt during the demonstration of the ten plagues, most of the plagues affected Egypt and the Egyptians, but not the Israelites and where they lived in Goshen. And as I am sure you have all experienced how flies can get into anywhere and everything. They seem to have an inbuilt magnet to get into where we don't want them to get. And they bring the maximum amount of annoyance to whatever it is that we're doing. But you can imagine the swarms of flies that the Lord sent into Egypt. As they buzzed towards Goshen, they hit an invisible brick wall. We can't get through there. What is the deal? And it happened again with the moraine that came and affected the animals of the Egyptians. And same with the hail. The clouds gathered in Egypt, but there were no clouds in Goshen. Darkness so thick you could feel it covered the land of Egypt, but the land of Goshen had normal light. And eventually the last plague, every Egyptian's firstborn male and beast died. And I ask you this morning, what separated the children of Israel from the Egyptians in the last plague? 
It was the blood that they had put on their doorposts of their homes. The blood caused the death angel to pass over their homes. The blood was their protection. Amen. And it is the blood of Jesus shed for you and I that distinguishes us and separates us as belonging to him. Amen. The Bible says what? Know you not that you are, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. You and I belong to God, whether we know it, whether we acknowledge it. You and I belong to God. Amen. He is our creator. Hallelujah. I don't know about you this morning, but I did not develop from an ape. Amen. I was created by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am created in his image. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the creator of the universe that made humans. It is God who gives us breath in our lungs each and every day. And if you are breathing today, which I'm sure every single one of us are breathing in this house today, we need to thank God for the breath that we woke up with this this morning because you and I are not able to breathe on our own. We cannot manufacture our own air, but it comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you are breathing, it's because God has put breath into your lungs. Hallelujah. Applying his blood to our lives through baptism is part of being born again. You and I need to be baptized in Jesus' name and have our sins washed away if we are to obtain eternal life. Identifying themselves with the I am. Distinguish them, distinguish them from all other people. For what purpose? That the Egyptians would know that there is a God and that he is greater than any other God. That the God that the Israelites served is all-powerful. That the earth would know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is a God that is real. That the Israelites served a living God and not a, good, not a dead God. That he was different from the gods of the Egyptians. He is a God not made of wood and stone. Hallelujah. He's not made of gold or carved images. The Bible says, And thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he will say, Here I am. That God was, that their God was all powerful. And God's presence is what distinguishes you and I from those who are not saved. The Bible says that it is the Spirit of God that comes and lives inside of us. We carry His presence everywhere we go. Amen. He is with us. The Bible says it is in Him we live and move and have our being. Amen. It is the preference of His presence that distinguishes us from all others. We don't march to the beat of the world's drum. We aren't supposed to have the same values and morals that the world dictates us. Bible says you and I are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. For what purpose? 
What purpose has God created us as a peculiar people? It says that you would show forth the praises of him who has done what? He has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. Hallelujah. The gods of this world, of this 21st century, are money and material possessions, fame, self, and how many likes we have on social media. The God in you and I serve is the only God who hears and answers. Our God is the only God who ever claimed that he would rise again. And actually he did. And he is alive this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. And thirdly, it was God's presence that guided, provided, and protected the Israelites. They had the cloudy pillar by day and the cloud pillar of fire by night. They were never without God's presence. And it was visibly seen from anywhere amongst the millions of Israelites. The cloudy pillar provided shelter for them from the sun's rays during the day. And the pillar of fire provided them heat at night. Our God is a God of detail and his desire was to care for his children No other nation experienced a cloudy pillar or the pillar of fire. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but I have. But the Israelites were never lost in the wilderness. They wandered, but they were never lost. They wandered for 40 years. But any time the cloud lifted, they knew it was time to move. They had their personal, own personal GPS. 40 years. Hallelujah. They were in the wilderness for 40 years because of their doubt, their lack of trust, and lack of obedience to God. When the 10 spies came back with an evil report, and the two that were only two that were that came back with a good report, but the older generation confessed it with their own mouth would to God that we would die or we would have died in the wilderness. If it was possible to do a freeze frame and have an audience with the children of Israel, I know what I would be saying to them. People, how quickly have you forgotten the Red Sea experience? Do you not eat manna every day? Do you not eat quail every day? Haven't your shoes not worn out for 40 years, which would have been really sad if you were a woman back there? Nonetheless, that would have been, there they were. They still doubted and railed on God. And God said, okay, have what you want. None of you that doubted me will enter into that kingdom. None of you will enter into the promised land. We know that only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they were the only ones that confessed out of their mouth, we are well able to go in and conquer. And God knows the end from the beginning. This means he knows what is going to happen in each one of our lives. He knows what's going to happen today, tomorrow, next week, next year. He knows the end from the beginning. So in my mind, it makes sense for me to trust him, to acknowledge him in all my ways. Hallelujah. And allow him to direct my path. The Bible says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is God's presence that protects you and I, that guides us. 
He says in his word, lead me in the way everlasting. The Bible says, David said, you have enlarged my steps so my foot would not slip. God knows when he needs to widen this surface underneath us that we will keep standing. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but God gives us the opportunity to allow him to control and allow him to direct the way that we go. Job said, even though I cannot see God, even though I cannot feel him yet, he knows the way that I take. And that is all that matters. I know sometimes I judge the Israelites harshly for their lack of trust and faith in the Lord. Yet if we think about this morning what God has done for you and I time and time again, do we ever complain and secretly wish to return from where we came from? In our reading this morning, there is one sentence that always stirs me. Verse 11, when Moses finished speaking with God, the Bible says that he returned to the camp. The rest of that sentence says, But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Joshua was privy to the presence of God. He was in the tabernacle when the presence of God came and filled it. He was obviously somewhere in the tabernacle when God would speak to Moses. The Bible specifically says he was a young man. What would keep a young man isolated in a tent away from what normal young men did in the wilderness. What kept him there? I believe it was the preference of his presence. I can imagine Joshua thinking to himself, there is nothing out there that can compare with what I experience in here. And I say that to you this morning, everyone that is in the sound of my voice, that there is nothing out there that can compare to the presence of God. You will never find anything that will satisfy you better than the presence of God. Hallelujah. What was he doing in there as he departed not out of the tabernacle? How many gold bowls could you polish? How many altars could he clean? Or did he just sit? Sit in his presence. I don't care what I do in here. I don't care what I miss out on there. Out there, I'm satisfied just sitting in his presence. Our lives in the 21st century are so busy. There are so many demands on our time and our attention. It's so difficult to switch off our mobile phones, even in church. To switch off and be determined to not allow anything to come between us and our time with God. To consciously choose his presence as our preference. Yet more than anything else in this crazy world we live in, that is what we need is the presence of God in our lives. That is what you and I were made for. The Bible says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive all glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they were created. Oh, what joy there is in God's presence. Oh, what peace there is in his presence. Nothing can compare to it. And his presence is what I can sense 
in this house this morning. The greatest compliment a, a body of believers can ever receive is when people walk into this house that they say they can feel something, that there's something different about this place. Yet it's not like the Old Testament where it was only where the tabernacle was that God's presence was manifest. You and I can be saturated in his presence anywhere you choose to make a habitation of his presence. Amen. I'm with Joshua this morning. My preference is his presence. I desire my legacy to be that I had a passion and a preference for his presence. I don't want it to be that I could make a mean cheesecake, not as good as Pastor Butcher, or that I can make the best baklava in the world. I'll take that one. Or that I'm the best grandmother in the world, and my grandkids would agree. And during the school holidays, I took my nine-year-old granddaughter and my two-year-old with my younger daughter, Taylor. We went out, and it was a really hot day, and my younger two-year-old wanted an ice block, so... Taylor went and got her one and as we were sitting there because it was such a hot day it melted really quickly and it fell on the floor and she couldn't understand why she couldn't pick it up and eat it off the floor and she said I'm an ice cream and so I turned to Taylor and I said Taylor go get an ice cream <laughs> and she was surprised that I would say that she, but that is my love for my grandchild but greater than that I want to remember, be remembered my legacy to be that I had a preference for his presence. And many of you here this morning know what Joshua ended up doing. He took over from Moses. God spoke to Joshua. He was familiar with his voice. The preference of his presence is where we learn to know the voice of God. Joshua was the one that led the children of Israel into the promised land. I wonder why it wasn't Caleb. He was with Joshua and believing that they were well able to conquer the land. He believed God and was obedient to him. And this is theology according to me. But I believe it was because Joshua had the preference of God's presence. John 4.23 tells us that God is looking or searching for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He is searching for true worshippers. I pray you can take a hold of what I am ministering to you today. God is drawing each one of you like a rope that you draw when you're pulling in and something that you're trying to get a hold of. He is drawing every one of you and I this morning into his presence. He is calling for you and I to say, yes, God, I want a passion. I want a preference from your presence above everything else in my life. Hallelujah. David did say, where can I flee from your presence? If I make take wings and fly you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. God's presence is everywhere. But there is a difference when we make his presence our preference. Hallelujah. Each one of us this morning needs a fresh desire 
of God's presence. That God, I'm placing you and your presence above everything else in my life. Nothing is as important as being in your presence. And you may not know God here this morning. You may not have a relationship with him as many of the people here do today. But I'm encouraging you and challenging you to give God a chance in your life. Let him manifest his glory and his presence in your life. And you will find peace. You will find joy that you will never find in anything else. It is when we have the preference of his presence that our life is complete. Hallelujah. We read it at the beginning that Moses said, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. If you don't go, I don't want to go. And that is what God is saying to us this morning, that we will stay where his presence is. We will not walk away from the things of God and walk away from his presence. But he is drawing you and I this morning. If we would stand, hallelujah.